Week two, day one, arise, O Lord. Hi, my name is Lisa Landrum, and I'm with the Women's Ministry at Three Crosses. Welcome to week two of our eight-week journey through the entire book of Psalms. Our goal in this series is to learn how we can celebrate the holistic human experience. In other words, the book of Psalms challenges us to not only sharpen our minds and intellect on the things of God, but to place our emotions in a place where we can continue to glorify God no matter what comes our way. The Psalms bring us to a place where we are called to think about what is true about God, to experience a personal relationship with Him, and how we ought to reconcile our human thoughts and emotions, especially when they conflict with one another. At this point, you might be wondering, how are we going to get through all of the Psalms in eight weeks, especially since we spent our first week on only two of the Psalms, 148 more to go? Well, moving forward, we're going to look at some wider portions of the Psalms to see how they relate to one another. I'm guessing that when you have read the Psalms in the past, you have come to them one by one for a devotional time or to receive that one wise saying that might change your Tuesday. Now, this can be helpful in many circumstances. What we would like to point out in this series, however, is that the Psalms have been broken up into five different books, which we will highlight along the way. But why? It seems as if whoever edited the Psalms is inviting us to take a step back from our traditional devotional grab bag approach and see a larger pattern at work. With this approach in mind, I'd like to invite you into the first portion of book one. This week, we will walk through Psalms three through 14 with this big picture mindset. In this entry, I will be giving you a little taste of what this approach can look like. Now, if you've been with us so far, you know Psalm 1 challenged us to delight in the law of the Lord and to meditate on it day and night. Psalm 2 primed us to look for this mighty and awesome king that would rule on behalf of God, bring true justice to this world, and make everything right. Both of these ideas would have been extremely idealistic for a nation in the middle of exile. Ironically, the Psalms do not take us to an image of this grand king who has a perfect relationship with the Lord and his glorious palace with all the riches and power he could ever want. Instead, we are introduced to a king who is distressed and on the run, King David. David is one of the great kings of Israel and is responsible for many, not all, of the Psalms moving forward. He is Israel's prototypical example of what it means to live a blessed life, You may remember him as the young shepherd boy who slayed Goliath, the Philistine giant, with a sling and five smooth stones. You should also know, he said, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. As a child after God, David gives God the glory for the win. This is an important fact to keep in mind, for it is a consistent trait with David. He continues to give God the glory throughout his story. The first and second books of Samuel tell the story of David's might in war, his victory over his enemies, and his anointing as king over Israel. However, those books also retell the stories of the trials David endured, the enemies who pursued him, and the consequences of his own sinful actions. In the opening section of Psalms, this is where we find David, on the run. It might seem like a long reading list, 
Psalms 3 through 14, all at one time. Take heart. It reads as if it is one continuous plea from David to God to arise and save him from his enemies. Let's dive in and may God bless the reading of his holy word. Psalm 3, NIV. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. This opening psalm offers three themes to keep in mind as we dig into Psalms 3 through 14 this week. One, David asks for God to arise and strike down his enemies who are always described by their lack of faith in God's promises and lack of belief in God's words. Two, David asks God to address his relentless question about timing. David wants to know now, how long is it going to take God to answer his plea and save him? And three, through it all, David finds a way to praise God and recognize that God alone can solve David's problems with his enemies. These themes feel so familiar to me. As I read through these Psalms, I find myself wondering, how are my pleas similar to David's? Where are they different and where are they similar? What is God trying to tell us about patience and prayer through these words? Let's take a closer look at David's heart of lament in this week's section. Psalm 3, my soul is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord, how long? Psalm 9, 19 through 20. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know that they are but men. Psalm 10, 1 and then 12. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand, forget not the afflicted. Psalm 13, 1 through 2. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Can you see the consistent appeals David is making to God? Wake up! Don't you see what is happening here? Strike down these enemies. Lift up your hands. Do mortal harm to them, those who do me wrong, and mean you no good. The words are powerful, emotional. You can feel David's anguish. We are weeping with him. His lament is palpable. He is in distress. His world is falling apart. My world is falling apart. Your world is falling apart. Our human nature wants those who are hurting us to be hurt back. We're lashing out in agony. We're suffering with how long retribution is taking. We just wanna be out of this pain now. Can't you feel emotion welling up in you as you read these words? Take a moment and pause. What are you wrestling with right now? 
Is there something causing you to doubt the promises of God because the pain is so great? Where's your soul crying out for retribution? Maybe for you, maybe for someone else. Now I'd love to invite you to see another pattern of Psalms 3 through 14. At this peak of those intense emotions, David almost instantaneously acknowledges that God is the Lord of his life. Psalm 6-4, turn, O Lord, deliver my life, save me for the sake of your steadfast love. Psalm 7-1 and then 17, O Lord, my God, in you do I take refuge. Save me from all my pursuers and deliver me. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord, the Most High. Psalm 10, 16-18 The Lord is King forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that the man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. Psalm 11:7. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. Psalm 13:5. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. As he writes his pleas, David ends with the acknowledgement that God reigns, God judges, God provides vengeance, God sees all, God is in control. Don't we intellectually know this as well? His language is as forceful and visual in these praises as it is in the pleas. He speaks of God's majesty, how God is his shield. He sings God's praises. Here is the million dollar question. How is David able to remember the truth about the goodness of God when his thoughts and emotions must have been overwhelming in the midst of his worst moments? We will continue to revisit this question throughout the series. But here's what challenged me about this section. Perhaps we, like David, are suffering from human impatience and limited perspective. What you will notice is that the repetition of these pleas doesn't bring about resolution, but the repetition of his praises brings about peace. David speaks of being able to sleep more than once because he knows God is in control. I can resonate with this behavior. It sometimes feels hard to comfort knowing God's promises are true in his time, not in my time. I can see how I sometimes get caught up in the moment and pray for what I need persistently like David. When I first started attending one of the Bible studies here at Three Crosses, I wanted so badly for someone to feel the hurt they put me through. I raised my hand and stated that out loud as an answer to a study question. I can remember how gently one of the women reminded me, but what about God's will in his timing? What if you never see that happen? Do you trust God to take care of it? Will you give it to him, the hurt, the pain, the vengeance? She softly brought me to tears with the realization I was not in alignment with God. This was a major turning point for me in the lesson on submission and patience. 
I felt David's anguish in those moments and his feeling that those who were wronging him should be punished swiftly and mightily. I wanted God to rain down his fire to protect me. After all, I loved him and the person who hurt me didn't even know him. David's world and mine at the time was crumbling all around him. I remember feeling all alone. David's story is here to remind us that we are not alone in our desperation, to remind us trials and consequences are painful, but God has seen this type of torment before. This section of Psalms is here to remind us that God is not seeing anything new in our human behavior and that even in the midst of trials, we are called to trust him. Finally, I can see we have something David did not have. We have Jesus and the Holy Spirit within us. We will talk about this more as we go, but for now, take this truth with you. You are not alone. Let's close with Psalm 6 from NIV. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from my groaning. All night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fall because of all my foes. Away from me, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish. They will turn back and suddenly be put to shame.